0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here tonight. Yes, I'm all by myself. So the show is only going to be half as good as it is uh, usually each and every week. And this is well, I guess I'm going to have to take ownership uh, for this uh, work again has been absolutely insanely crazy busy over the past uh, week or so. I texted Mark last night, and I was just uh, quite upfront and honest and said, "Look, you know I'm not going to be able to, to do it on the usual night, and hopefully we can do it on Friday." Mark was like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem and then he texted me this morning and uh, he said, "You know what uh, actually, I do have things uh, to do, and uh, I'm not going to be able to do the show tonight so well we 've done this before haven 't we uh, you know as much as I enjoy doing the show with Mark Hamilton uh, you know I did do it on my my own for the entire what was it uh, half of twenty nineteen all of twenty twenty so this is not unfamiliar territory, and I think that in the past, or even uh, right now, I kind of wish that this was uh, like a live show. I wish this was like a, a live radio show or maybe uh, doing this uh, live streaming or something. I wish we could go to like uh, the, the phone lines or something. Let's just open it up and get uh, listener calls in and and talk about whatever we want to talk about on the show. And uh, Get in on the action, guys. Call 555-1234. That's not really the phone number, but uh, it would be kind of cool if uh, that was indeed the case. And just on top of uh, all of that, just to make it more <laughs> Frustrating to get the show up and running this evening. I was uh, sitting down getting all the audio equipment uh, hooked up and uh, well, nothing happened. And I've sort of been going through this um, th- this uh, procedure to go cable by cable by cable. And of course, uh, it was probably the most obvious one. It was the mic cable that uh, <laughs> wasn't working. So trying to look for the spare mic cables that I have around here, because I used to do a um, another podcast uh, for Major League Soccer and the Vancouver White caps. And we always used to, and this is, of course, uh, pre-pandemic uh, days, and uh, my, uh, my my partner Jorge and I, we used to sit down here in this very room each and every week, uh, you know, face to face and record the show. And uh, so I always had two microphones uh, set up. And occasionally, if things didn't work out, uh, we would uh, do over Skype or Zoom or whatever. I guess uh, we used to do it uh, more via Skype. Zoom is more of a 2020 and beyond. Anyway, so 2019 and beyond uh, was always uh, via Skype, and of course, you know, I've got tons of mic cables around, but uh, ever since uh, we stopped doing that show, and I focused solely on Formula One, and of course, since uh, Mark has joined up, you know, we're we're not supposed to get together indoors uh, until this COVID thing uh, dies down, so we've been uh, doing it uh, virtually, and it seems to work uh, pretty well, but uh, of course, when I need to find a mic cable, they're all buried away in the storage and couldn't find uh, anything, but... Anyways, we'll just leave it at that. How was your that week's uh, going? It's weekend now, and uh, of course we're a day behind uh, schedule, and uh, we have um, the free practice in the bag. Literally just hours away from uh, qualifying at uh, at Imola. Yes, uh, the finally we're going to get to round two of the 2021 Formula One World Championship. And it, it's kind of funny, you know, it really feels like Bahrain was a, a long time ago, three weeks ago, and it's dragged, uh, b- but it hap- it hasn't. Uh, but uh, I must admit that uh, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to have had the extra week in between purely from selfish uh, motivations uh, because you know, I've been working over the weekends and uh, finally got to, to a point where I can put everything aside or I've, I've moved past it and uh, can get back to enjoying all the fun things. And well, since we can't actually do the live call in, and uh, let's hope one of these days we can actually do so. At least we can go to the the mailbag, and uh, one uh, email here from Brian McCarthy uh, reaching out from Ireland uh, once again, and uh, thanks again for the uh, for the email, Brian. And uh, among other things, um, he wanted to talk about uh, the race day uh, coverage. Anyway, so I'll just read from uh, Brian's email. He says, uh, "For me as a newer fan, all I know is that Hamilton is being 30 plus seconds in front of everyone else it is very annoying. No matter what happens, that they just to uh, focus on leader of the race when they're." often so much uh, interesting uh, battles going on lower in the grid. Last year we basically didn't see Gasly or Perez in their uh, amazing F1 wins until they got into the top three. Bahrain was an amazing race with so many uh, so much going on Perez from pits to fifths. who know it is incredibly on debut and very good battle for points finishes. Instead they showed 30 laps of Verstappen trying to catch up to Hamilton. As a McLaren fan I would love to see more of the midfield battle as well as not everyone are Mercedes and Red Bull fans. What do you guys think about the way the coverage is shown? Well you know that that is interesting. And I I think this is probably a a complaint that uh, a lot of people have had for many, many years. And I'd like to think it's maybe a little bit better. I don't think it's great, but certainly uh, the, the the big story in Bahrain, of course, was Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton trading the lead uh, back and forth uh, a couple of times. And then especially in that latter uh, the, the segment of the race, Max hunting down Lewis. And you just knew that it was going to build up to uh, one real moment when Max was going to make a, an overtaking uh, maneuver to try and uh, and and take that race uh, for, away from uh, Lewis Hamilton. So I guess it really has to come down to the producer and uh, what what they decide to show and what they're going to focus on. I mean, it was kind of, like I say, it was kind of building up to that. So maybe they feel that uh, builds more of the tension. But, you know, Brian is absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, great things going on up and down the grid, especially in the midfield. And that, that was one of the stories going into this year is that there, there really is no midfield anymore, that all these teams are so... Uh, uh, even now and uh, they really are uh, duking it out uh, each and every race so I, I do think it, it it is better and you know I have the benefit of watching uh, Formula One for for most of my life and uh, so I have that uh, sort of context but certainly I think uh, that that the leaders are always going to get more camera time than, than, than anyone else and uh, unfortunately that's just the way it is but uh, certainly that uh, it they, they should try and balance it out a little bit more, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. And, uh, again, if it goes down to a tight race uh, between Lewis Hamilton or Valtteri Bottas and, uh, and, and Verstappen and or whoever it is uh, this weekend. You can just uh, bet that they are going to uh, to, to to focus uh, on that. Anyways, uh, let's get into the news. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to cover, and uh, you know we don't have a lot of time because uh, by the time that you're sitting down to watch qualifying, you can follow it up uh, by listening to this uh, quickly out of date uh, podcast. But uh, <laughs> whatever, so some of this stuff is uh, still important and worth uh, talking about. So one that Mark and I have been talking about uh, for you know a little bit over the past uh, couple of weeks uh, is the, the the question of whether or not the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal is going to go ahead on June 13th. As uh, scheduled, it was reported on Thursday. I'm recording uh, tonight on uh, Friday, April 16th, so uh, mid-late this week. There was a lot of stories going out, and CBC Radio was uh, you know, broke the story that the Canadian Grand Prix has, in fact, been cancelled. And... Uh there's not a lot of clarity. I mean, you go and look, uh, just uh, go and Google it right now. Go look at the latest news, uh, Google Canadian Grand Prix 2021, and there's a lot of uh, conflicting uh, stories out there. I mean, they, they all basically refer back to this uh, CBC story that uh, that came out on Thursday that the race has been canceled and Canada will be replaced uh, by Turkey instead. I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, the COVID situation in Canada is not good. We're in the middle of a third wave and we don't really need to get uh, in, in into that uh, in detail, but that is the reason Behind it is that uh, if the the race can't go ahead as um, as planned, then it's uh, because of the health situation. And even though Formula One has a good uh, you know good bubble, it's just that uh, there there will be some intermingling uh, between uh, you know track staff and event staff and things like that. Uh, obviously, uh, it, it sounds like uh, they're not going to be able to get people into the stands to watch uh, the race should it go ahead. But on the flip side of that, uh, Formula One maintains that uh, that that the race there they're still in uh, discussions to pull this one off. So I wouldn't strike a line through Montreal just yet. But it's really looking increasingly likely that it won't go ahead. But if they do go back to Turkey, I mean that really is a good replacement instead because if you look at it, it, it makes a lot of sense because we'll be in uh, Baku the way, uh, week before, and then it um, you know it just makes a lot of sense. I mean after uh, Imola we're Going to Portugal, then we have Spain, then we have Monaco, and then the sixth of June is Azerbaijan, and then you were going to be coming to Canada on the a week later, and then two weeks after that back to Europe uh, for the, the the French Grand Prix at uh, at Paul Ricard, but now you have uh, Turkey, which is geographically convenient um, to, uh, to 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 Azerbaijan, <coughs> excuse me, and also. Not uh, all that uh, far from France, figuratively speaking. Of course, it'd still be a couple hours uh, in, in an airplane for all the, you know, the transportation for the staff. I don't, I don't know if they would truck that from, uh, from from Turkey to uh to, to, to France for all the the equipment and the cars and stuff like that. And it'd be interesting to find out some of the logistics, but just uh, geog- uh, geographically speaking, I mean, Canada is the the odd one out the way that uh, the schedule is right now. So if it does get uh, canceled, I think that. Uh, going to Turkey would be uh, very good. Unfortunately, we probably won't see a crazy, really topsy-turvy race like we saw last year when it uh, was held later or in the middle of the fall and the circuit would have just been resurfaced and it really was uh, very green and it was very oily. And on top of that, we had the colder temperatures and the rain. And I mean, it made it very interesting because, I mean, obviously the cars were very difficult to to handle and very difficult to to drive. But uh, in a memorable season that was 2020, that indeed was a very, very memorable, uh, race. Hey, I want to take a quick break here on the show. I'm going to come back. There's a lot more to talk about as we count down the minutes to qualifying at Imola. And, uh, we will do just that on the other side of the break. So don't go away. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive All right, well, welcome back to the show. Thank you for downloading uh, and listening to the show wherever you get your podcasts or watching on YouTube. Just looking at the live subscriber counts, uh, they're, they're actually not uh, decreasing too much. So I guess I am not doing all that bad of a, a job solo tonight. But certainly I'll be glad when Mark is back on Sunday night when we recap the the Grand Prix and all the action at, uh, at Imola. And uh, well, as uh, we were talking uh, just before the break, and before we get into some of the more um, specific news to Imola and the the, the weekend ahead, uh, apparently the uh, the mayor of Miami Gardens, Rodney Harris, uh, has sponsored a, a new uh, event, or there was uh, there there was a hearing on Wednesday night in Miami to uh, talk about uh, possibly holding. Uh, the 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 race in Miami for 2022, and despite uh, a lot of vocal uh, opposition from from residents in the area, the local uh, authorities have voted in favor to, uh, to to proceed with that. So this is the this uh, circuit that will be uh, built around uh, the, uh, the the Hard Rock Stadium, home of the NFL Miami Dolphins, and uh, well, well. <laughs> I don't want to say that uh, that that I don't disbelieve that it's going to happen but uh, just uh, w- with all the opposition and the the, the people the residents uh, that live uh, close by there certainly uh, not uh, not happy about it so it's um, it sounds like it's going to go ahead but uh, as as I'd seen before for many years, when it came to covering MLS and the whole saga of uh, David Beckham's Inter Miami or whatever the team is uh, called down there now, I believe it's Inter Miami. I've uh, become completely removed from that that world in my quest to uh, really focus on Formula One. Anyways, I mean they went through several different sites and uh, and a lot of uh, different planning before they were able to secure land in uh, Miami for a stadium and uh, the same thing. I mean you can't blame people for not being uh, happy if, uh, if if they don't feel like it. Uh, doesn't work out uh, for them. Anyway, so uh, the, the new plan that uh, they put in place is, a, is going to include a $5 million fund for community benefit programs and businesses in the city, as well as STEM program for local children that's going to be implemented uh, by Formula One uh anyways uh i i don't know we'll we'll wait and see but uh, i i think it's exciting that that they are going to add races uh, to the calendar i just wish they'd be a little bit less controversial i mean mark and i have talked uh, quite a bit obviously about saudi arabia miami love to see another rate uh, race here stateside but it's got to be under the right uh, circumstances so i hope that they can uh, they, they can reach some sort of compromise or, or they can uh, figure something out to help uh, make it work uh, for everyone not just formula one but the people that live there uh, as well anyway so uh, let's get to the, the action on the track uh, itself. Uh, you know, after such an exciting race in Bahrain three weeks ago, where it looked like uh, that that Mercedes just didn't have the advantage, the domineering uh, advantage that they've really had over the rest of the field for the past uh, several years, it seemed a lot more even, didn't it? I mean, uh, that was really exciting the way that that one finished up. And it was very exciting the way that uh, it really looked like it was going to be a real battle between Lewis Hamilton. And I've had a lot of feedback heard from a lot of people that listen. To the show that uh, that have made uh, and of course I think this is a, a very astute and a very good comment that uh, you know we're all really gushing and excited that uh, they had such a, a great battle in in Bahrain, but what if this is just a flash in the pan? Just to, because it happened then doesn't mean it's going to happen all season long, and I totally get that. I totally understand that. And of course, uh, we really won't know how this season is going to shake out uh, until we get more races uh, under our belt. We've only got one. We're on the cusp of the second race. And uh, ominously enough, it was the two Mercedes that uh, were were fastest in FP2. Valtteri Bottas uh, ran 25 laps. His fastest lap time was a 115.551. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, his teammate, uh, ran one extra lap. His fastest lap was a 115.561, so only a hundredth of a second uh, behind. Uh, Pierre Gasly, surprisingly enough, in the Alpha Tauri, he was third. Uh, he, his fastest time was a 115.629. And then fourth and fifth, surprisingly, was the was the two Ferraris. And uh, the, the quickest of the two uh, was uh, Carlos Sainz. His quickest time was a 115.834, so just under three-tenths of a second uh, behind uh, Bottas' uh, quickest Time and then there's quite a gap uh, by the time you get to, to Charles Leclerc. His quickest time was one sixteen point three seven one, so eight tenths off of the pace there. And well, the, the, obviously there there is a name missing in there, and uh, that is uh, Max uh, Verstappen. Max uh, only set the fourteenth uh, quickest time. It was a one sixteen point nine nine nine, so about one point four set. Pardon me, one point four five seconds off of the pace. Uh, but uh, Max, uh, he only ran uh, where where did it go? He only ran uh, five. Five laps and the uh, had some, uh, what was a suspected uh, drive shaft uh, issue. So Obviously, you know it. It doesn't look good to see him uh, all the way down there. And uh, Sergio Perez, I mean, not bad from Sergio. Obviously, still settling into the team. Uh, he was sixth fastest in the second Red Bull. His fastest time was a one sixteen point four one one, so about eight and a half tenths off of the pace there. And I don't, I don't really put a lot of stock into to, to free practice. Uh, I take well. I mean, it is a good indication of how 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 pacey and how fast everyone is. But you have to take it a little. I think with a little bit of a of, 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 a, of a pinch of salt at sometimes uh, I, I don't think it's a real accurate indicator sometimes of the way that things are going to go and uh, we'll really get uh, a true indication of their pace at least in qualifying trim in uh well not just uh, this weekend but uh, each and every uh, race but certainly max having some uh, mechanical issues and uh, certainly we want to see that uh, that that battle rekindled uh, between himself and, uh, and and lewis hamilton uh, the, this weekend so they're going to have the, their their work uh, cut out from them uh, pardon me cut out for them and uh, certainly, uh, they they can't have these uh, different uh, gremlins and things haunting them. I mean, they, you know, Red Bull said before the season this was the most prepared that they've ever been in uh, in the V six Turbo Hybrid era. And uh, well, uh, Sergio Perez had some of his uh, problems. Uh, he had uh, well, I mean, he he made it into Q two, didn't make it into Q three, and then he had uh, some uh, technical little. Uh, glitches uh, before the start of the race when you have to start uh, from the from the pits, but uh, yeah, they're gonna have to sur- sort it out uh, because they don't want to go backwards and then uh, give a Mercedes a uh, an advantage because you know if they're, they they do, they're just gonna walk away with it and they're gonna build up a lead which will be very very difficult to to, to break down. So obviously one of the the the, the stories out of uh, practice so far is the increased pace, the improvement of uh, of uh, Ferrari, and that is another story that uh, we've really been keeping our eyes on because uh, Ferrari. Ferrari, obviously, really dropping into the abyss uh, last season. Uh, obviously, not very quick, and we've talked about that uh, many times. The supposed uh, fuel uh, map uh, that was imposed on them uh, because of the, uh, you know, that uh, secret deal that they had uh, in place with the FIA after 2019. Who knows that that hasn't been proven one way or another? But certainly, like we've talked about many times, it is very fascinating and fun to, to talk about. But they are looking a little bit uh, better. Lando Norris, the McLaren driver, says that it's uh, not. really, Really a a surprise, and he told Sky Sports, "quote In Bahrain, they were definitely quicker than us in the majority of corners, not all of them, but here they look very quick. I don't think it's something we didn't expect. Maybe they're a bit quicker than we expected, but we knew in some races they'd be ahead, in some races we'd be ahead. It's Ferrari. If there's one team at the moment that's going to make a big improvement somewhere, it's them. So it's not a, a surprise. Maybe it's a bit faster than we anticipated, but not a shock." End quote. And that is true. At uh, at some point, Ferrari are going to get it uh, figured out. And they are going to get the, you know, they're going to get back to where they should be. And that should be challenging for wins. And uh, hopefully if you're a Ferrari fan, ch- challenging for championships as, uh, as well. But they have uh, really been in uh, not a good place over the past uh, year or so, even going back to 2019. I mean, 2017, 2018, very exciting. I mean, Sebastian Vettel challenging Lewis Hamilton. We're going to talk about that later in the show. And uh, they were legit uh, title contenders. I mean, the the final standings may not uh, reflect that 100%, but certainly they were at a much uh, more competitive uh, place and they were a much quicker team or a much uh, quicker car in those days than they uh, did now. And they were going to get it uh, turned around. And ultimately, I think it just, uh, it's really going to depend on how much time, how much money and how much resources they want to commit to this car. Ahead of the, the the new cars that are going to be introduced uh, next year, and that really was. That sort of uh, milestone that they were really targeting was not so much. And I mean, at least the language that you were using was that they were not going to be so competitive that maybe last year and this year, but they were really targeting a year or two down the road, specifically focusing on the new formula that will be introduced in, in 2022. But I mean, if they're, they're, they're sorting it out, and uh, as Lando Norris so nicely put it there, that it's not surprising that they are uh, finding some speed and they're putting things back together, but it sounds like it is uh, catching some people a little bit uh, by surprise, and they're doing it a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, quicker than they were, uh, you know, expecting in some of the teams. Uh, anyways, uh, it's interesting though. You take uh, Lando's Norris and you ca- or Lando's comments, and you kind of uh, compare those to what uh, Ferrari gi- driver. Uh, Charles Leclerc said, and uh, he wasn't as um, enthusiastic. Uh, obviously, uh, he's used to maybe having a bit more of a competitive car. Well, last year, it, it showed, or sorry, two years ago, certainly in his, uh, his first uh, year with the Ferrari, was uh, was more competitive uh, for the, for the most part here and there. I mean, he won some uh, races and uh, he had some good results. Uh, anyways, uh, Charles had to say this, uh, quote, it's a big step forward, a significant step forward, as we've seen in Bahrain. We've had a better." progression compared to the other teams from last year to this year so it's positive but on the other hand we are not fighting where we want to be fighting so we're putting all our efforts to try and come back to where we want to be which is to fight for wins but if compared to last year to this year we've done a good job and we need to keep working like this and quote so there you go, kind of a, a mixed uh, reaction. And uh, Charles, you know, I, I always get the, the the feeling that even though he comes across, uh, for the most part, uh, fairly relaxed, fairly chill, and uh, a kind of a laid back uh, guy, I, I think that uh, you know when he gets in the car, I think he's very intense and we know charles leclerc's quality and we, we know his motivations and certainly he's not going to be sell, you know you know satisfied touring around and and just collecting points he's there to win he's there to compete for for championships and although it's a step in the the, the right direction it really isn't that big quantum leap forward that they need to make to get back to the front of the the, the grid and to compete with red bull compete with mercedes for wins and championships so it it is a it's kind of funny i mean uh, you know his competitors, his rivals are going to see it in one way, and uh, Charles is like, yeah, basically it's good enough it's good, but not quite uh, good enough and we'll just uh, leave it at that and uh, and move on and uh, before we do that, we're going to take another break here on the show, so don't go away we'll be back in just a moment. All right. Well, welcome back. And we are talking about the latest uh, Formula One news. And uh, we're going to go back to uh, Red Bull and uh, Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen's uh, teammate, said uh, he believes that uh, that the team still needs to take uh, more risks in qualifying with their strategy to really uh, make the most of what they can do and this uh well I mean uh, obviously he didn't make it of q2 a couple of uh, weeks ago but certainly I think that uh, when it comes to Red Bull I think that they really have to think outside of the box really be unorthodox and maybe be quite uh, aggressive and do things that they might not have uh, normally done I don't I don't want to say it's a desperation to try and do that to to, to, to beat uh, Mercedes because I don't think that they really are a team that is desperate I think that they're a team that uh, knows that uh, there's an opportunity there. I think that they realize that the window was open now for them to do something, to, to challenge for a championship, either a drivers or constructors or perhaps both. And uh, to do that, I think that they're going to have to push in areas and compete in areas that maybe they would have been I, I guess maybe a little bit more conservative in, in, in the past. I mean, they clearly have a good car. They've got a good engine. They've got a pair of very good drivers. And I think that they really need to uh, to, to take advantage of that. And uh, so um, uh, Sergio Perez was asked by motorsport.com whether the, the tactics that the team were uh, being uh, or employing were a challenge for him. He said, quote, not really. Uh, we could have uh, diverted the strategy at the end of uh, run one. But I was pretty confident uh, because I lost three tenths in just one corner by doing a mistake. So I was pretty confident I was going to be able to get the lap time. We had a little issue with the brakes that we only found out about later, and now uh, we understand what went went wrong. I think without that issue, we definitely uh, should have been through. It was the right thing to do if you have the car and exploit the maximum results. You have to be on the best possible strategy, and that means taking some risks. We have to take that. Uh, considering that we thought we had the pace, it was definitely the right thing to do. End quote. But just in general, I think that uh, that Mercedes, sorry, uh, Red Bull, just sticking with them. They really do need to to, to be they need to be proactive uh, rather than reactive. And uh, even though that uh, that Max uh, came very close to passing Lewis Hamilton and taking that win in uh, Bahrain a couple of weeks ago, although he got a really, really a phenomenal pit stop there on the, his last stop, I believe it does. Uh, it was a sub two second stop. It was about 1.9 seconds. Absolutely phenomenal. It was the stop that he needed. And of course, they were running their own race and uh, they were running their own strategy. But I have to think you know going back to that race that if you're going to give uh, an edge to anybody over um, you know Red Bull or Mercedes I think you have to tip uh, you know your hat at Mercedes for for having the edge it it was slight but uh, I I think that they really did it Uh, I think that they that they um, they were a little bit bolder when it came to their tra- tactics and their strategies and when they uh, made their uh, timings for, for pit stops. And it wasn't like it gained them huge uh, margins uh, of time on the track, but it gained them uh, just enough. And and Max really only had that one opportunity to uh, to, to really try for an overtake uh, for Lewis Hamilton. He got around. So he didn't do it legally, of course, because he exceeded the track limits, and uh, you know he had to give that one back. And then afterwards, his tires just uh, weren't uh, in the shape. But um, they, Mercedes, I think that their 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 strategy in that race was on point. And uh, even though they tried to uh, uh, they, they tried to beat uh, Red Bull to the undercut, they were very successful to, in, in doing so. And I think in uh, in, in being a little bit more pre- uh, uh, proactive and really taking the initiative, they um, made Red Bull react to them a little bit more than the other way around. And I think that uh, that's another thing that Red Bull are going to have to uh, really think about and uh, and really focus on if they were really going to take the battle to uh, Mercedes. Now I think this is another interesting quote here from uh, from Max Verstappen sticking with Red Bull, he believes that he could be even better with an F1 uh, title-challenging-caliber car. And, well, I think that's kind of an obvious kind of statement. Uh, I mean, Max, uh, I don't mean any uh, disrespect in that, but we all know right now that uh, you're a very good uh, driver, and I think that he's been driving the wheels off of that car and uh, driving it uh, right up to the um, pretty much the maximum of what it's uh, been capable of uh, over the past uh, couple of years. I think that he's taken every ounce of a performance out of that uh, that car and every uh, you know every horsepower uh, out of that uh, that that engine that he's had in the back and driven it to, to the absolute limit and uh, and beyond. Anyways, I think it's it's interesting the way that uh, that he explained himself. Quote: I think that you were one of, uh, once in a position anyway with having a car uh, to fight for the, the the title. Everything becomes a lot easier. Of course, there's pressure to win a championship uh, because you are fighting other people, but overall, I think it's a much better situation to be in than always just not, uh, because then you have to take a lot more risks all the time to try and get a good result all, uh, out of it, Yeah, to risk it a bit more on one lap or in a certain area in one of the, the race. And then, of course, mistakes can happen. So I'm just looking forward and hoping that, of course, I can have a car to be in a championship fight because I think that's where I'm even better because it's a lot nicer and a lot easier to deal with, end quote. And yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, he, he's uh, basically saying that if you're trying to make more with less, you have to push harder. And if you're pushing harder, then you're going to be a little bit uh, more close. Uh, you're going to be closer to the edge as a driver. You're pushing the the, the, the machinery to the limits. And of course, that's uh, when mistakes and things uh, can happen uh, like that, when uh, you know, compared to having a car that's maybe a little bit, uh, you know, more domineering, uh, dominating than uh, than everyone else, then uh, certainly he's going to be uh, in a much uh, better uh, situation. I guess it's kind of scary too. I mean, if we've seen Max do what he can do in equipment that that maybe isn't as good, obviously when it comes to what the Mercedes guys have, that uh, that that must, I think that might be one of those comments if uh, if you're uh, one of his rivals, thinking, God, you know, if uh, Max. Is uh, already this good in uh, maybe subpar equipment? So what's he going to be like if he gets a car that's the same caliber of the uh, the, the, the the Mercedes that uh, that Lewis Hamilton and his teammates have had over the uh, over the past uh, basically decade? And I think that might uh, really uh, you know I, I think it might scare a few people for for lack of a, a better term. Anyways, uh, moving now on to Aston Martin, uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, senses what he uh, believes are positive responses from Aston Martin over some of the struggles that they've had uh, in uh, preseason testing and uh, through the first uh, race at uh, Bahrain. I mean, it was um, it was uh, it, it was. Frustrating to, to to watch them, and uh, of course they're one of these uh, low rake uh, concept cars, uh, just like uh, Mercedes. And uh, these are some of the teams that uh, that running that uh, concept uh, that are struggling more than the, the 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 rest. I mean, Lance Stroll was only able to eke out a single point, and uh, Sebastian, of course. Uh, he didn't make it out of Q1 and then uh, he got uh, sort of tangled up in all of those uh, yellow flags on the the, the last uh, hot lap in Q1 and he's given the uh, you know the time penalty or he's, he's given the penalty on top of that of five grid places or whatever it was and starts from the back of the car or sorry the back of the grid and in the race itself i mean he did get up into the points at one one stage in the race and then uh, unfortunately he drove up the backside of Esteban Ocon going into turn 1 in the latter part of the race and uh, well I think that's uh, unfortunately that's going to be the moment from Bahrain 2021 that everybody's going to remember from uh, Sebastian uh, Vettel and uh, he did acknowledge that uh, well he he basically said that Bahrain wasn't a great weekend Uh, those are his words uh, exactly and no Seb it was not uh, a great uh, weekend Uh, anyways um, he did uh, go on to explain a little bit more he said quote we went through basically everything that happened I think the response has been quite positive obviously the spirit is great in the team I'm willing to put everything in that I can to try and understand, to try and help, and to try and have a better race this weekend. I think we are well-prepared and we'll see what we get. We learned a little bit about our car to understand a little bit more where it wants to try and be and take it from there. Obviously, we're not quite uh, quite where we expected or wanted to be, but it is what it is now. We have to tackle it bit by bit and take it one step at a time this uh, that's what f- it feels like uh, we are doing. End quote. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, again, it goes back to what Mark and I were talking about. Um, well, I think we've talked about it a couple times in recent weeks. Uh, just the fact that uh, you know, with the limited uh, li- uh, winter testing that's available, and the fact that uh, that, that Aston Martin Sebastian Vettel got even you know, fewer laps, certainly was evident uh, going into that uh, first race in uh, Bahrain. So, very much uh, like the story we were talking uh, just a few minutes ago about uh, Ferrari making some positive uh, positive strides. Forward sounds that uh, Vettel. He's kind of guarded, though, the way that uh, that he's talking. I mean, he's he's not overly gushing or enthusiastic or praising the car. But it sounds that he's he's really kind of keeping uh his judgment and his statements in check and acknowledging. Yes, things are it's it's feeling more positive, but maybe they're just not quite um, big enough uh, to get them uh, launch them forward where they uh, really want uh, and uh, need to be. Anyways, uh, time for another break here on the show. We'll be back in just a moment, so don't go away. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Mark Daly here, breaking down all the latest uh, Formula One news as we count down the minutes to qualifying at uh, Imola, which is uh, set to get going just uh, in about five hours from now, where I sit here now as the clock ticks over. It is now 12 a.m. here on uh, the, the west coast of North America and Pacific Standard Time and uh, qualifying set to get going at 0500 hours here locally. And uh, maybe by the time that uh, I get the show all uh, uh, recorded and cut and edited and uh, posted, I'll be able to sit down and watch uh, qualifying. But it actually doesn't take uh, that long. And uh, I do plan to get up early in the morning to go out and uh, get a, a bike ride in, get in some exercise. So I think I'll watch it uh, when I come home and I sit down and have uh, my, my breakfast. Seems like a, a nice way to, uh, to, to spend the, the morning. Anyways, um, Aston Martin, just uh, sticking with them, they're trying to push the FIA to, to really cut the gap between the high and low rake F1 cars, and they want the FIA to tweak the error rules to make things a little bit more equal between the two the the, the two concepts. And so, this is really being pushed by Aston Martin team principal Ottmar Safnauer. He's expre- expressed what he calls some unease which the the new rules were brought in by the FAA with with the, the two key issues that are that really understood to be the the, the big focus here. So the First issue is whether or not it was right for the FA to push the floor changes uh, through on safety grounds, and uh, with when uh, uh, Pirelli, the tire supplier, making a uh, more robust uh, rubber for this season, which uh, would have coped better and handled the higher downforce uh, levels that uh, that were expected at any rate. And, uh, well, uh, Safnar, he was uh, pretty adamant uh, and clear that uh, what what the safety matter was. Um, Anyways, uh, he said uh, the regulation change that was made for safety reasons, that kind of governance rests solely on the FIA. Uh, like I said, I think the type of regulation change rests solely with the uh, the FAA. They're the experts. I think the right thing to do is to have the discussions with the FAA and find out exactly what happened and why. Then we can see if there's something that can be done and make it more equitable. I think that's the right thing to do. We as a team have to work hard to try and uh, claw back everything we can. But at the same time, we should be having the discussions with the FAA to make it more equitable. Now, you kind of take this uh, up against a man that always seems to have an opinion uh, and a comment on everything, and that is uh, Red Bull team principal uh, Chris. In Horner, and he believes that Aston Martin are being a little naive uh, in their approach and their comments, uh, that uh, they want the, the FAA and Formula One to tweak the arrow rules. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, interesting. Um, Horner had the following uh, to say, "Quotes: we had a sample of one, the Mercedes that won the race uh, with what we classify as a low rate car. They had absolutely equal, if not maybe better tire degradation than we had in Bahrain. They looked mighty impressive here and we've only uh, run at one circuit so far. But ignoring all of that, there is a process for regulations to be introduced and they voted through unanimously through the different regulations. As to Martin Racing Point would have had to vote for before being passed through the Formula One Commission and to the World Motorsport Council, they all voted through unanimously. Uh, when there was a front wing change a few re- years ago, it really hurt us. We voted against it, but you have to accept it. It seems a little naive to think that suddenly the rules are going to get changed after the single uh, a sample of a single race, after that process is fully, uh, uh, being fully followed. I'm struggling to get my head around that, uh, end quote. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, he does make a, a good point there that uh, it, it seems a little bit early to really be pushing for changes and tweaks to the rules when there's only uh, one, uh, one uh, race under the belt. But you know, it, it really, it's kind of funny when you think about it uh, that uh, uh it, it is the mercedes it is the the the, the racing point uh, pardon me the the aston martin uh that uh i'm, I'm thinking back to last year of course in the pink mercedes who uh they, they basically followed that uh, same aero concept uh, that that, that Mer- uh, mercedes have and uh they're they're both kind of struggling uh with that and you know it it, it seems um it seems kind of counterintuitive that they they uh, you know they did vote in favor of it and now it's not working out they they want the rules tweaked so i think that's a, a situation that we'll definitely have to keep an eye on whether or not it's uh, going to uh, happen or not. Uh, but as uh, Horner uh, so rightly uh, pointed out, uh, that uh, there was that changes to the front wings a couple of years ago, and it did uh, hurt them. And I remember that story at the time. I can't remember now what, uh, what what year that was exactly. It was within the last two or three years. But uh, like you said, you know, you just have to accept it and, uh, and work with it uh, and move on. Now, uh, moving on to the next story, and this one would drive Mark Hamilton absolutely crazy because I always seem to have a, a, a Valtteri Bottas story each and every week, <laughs> and I think that Mark has really uh, moved on from any uh, anything uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, <laughs> other than, I guess, uh, you know, if he makes some headlines uh, for winning to race or maybe uh, uh, contending for the title, which obviously probably isn't going to happen. Anyways, uh, Total Wolf Team Principal at uh, Mercedes doubts that uh, Valtteri came close to retiring, after team orders in Russia a couple of years ago, and this uh, came from uh, the, the the comments that uh, Valtteri Bottas made in Season 3 of uh, Formula 1 Drive to Survive on uh, Netflix. Anyways, uh, this um, really was uh, going back uh, you know almost three years ago now to the 2018 uh, Russian Grand Prix when Bottas was asked, uh, he was leading the race. I mean, he's always run very well there. He's always uh, done uh, very good uh, at uh, at Sochi. Anyways, uh, there he was asked uh, to, to move over for Lewis Hamilton to protect uh, their, their one two finish and then also Lewis was uh, contending for the title although at that point he'd already uh, built up a fairly healthy lead in the championship. Anyways, uh, Valtteri was uh, was was pretty uh, you know upset about that. Anyways, in uh, DTS he had to say quote that was tough tough to accept I was uh, pretty angry honestly I was thinking why do I do this I was even thinking of quitting of giving up straight after the race I said I would not do it again end quote. Uh, anyways, um, uh, Toto he had to say quotes no he was very downhearted of course I understand that but I don't think he was close to retirement uh, because he's too much of a competitor for that. I can imagine in the heat of the situation after the race, you don't understand the world, end quote. So yeah, I mean, um, I I actually, I thought that was a bit of a... uh uh, a, a bit of a stretch to, to maybe think that, uh, you know, Valtteri would want to, to go as far as quit Mercedes or quit Formula One in, in general. I mean, come on, face it. We've, we've all faced difficult situations in our own life at work or whatever it might be. And sometimes you just feel like throwing your hands up in the air and saying, you know, whatever, you know, I'm done. I've, I've had enough. I, I'm, I'm finished. I'm out of here. And I think that's just, uh, that that's human nature. I think uh, we, we all reach those points, uh, you know, at, at certain times in our lives. And uh, I, I think uh, Voltaire was obviously very, very disappointed and frustrated about it. And, and why would you be? I mean, he was, uh, he, he had that race under control. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want to concede anything to his uh, teammates. And, um, if, if I remember correctly, that might have been the same, uh, race, uh, or about the same time in that year when Toto made that, uh, that infamous, uh, you know, uh, wingman quote uh, that Valtteri was the ideal wingman to, uh, to Lewis Hamilton, which, uh, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it might have been a little bit of a slip but uh, I think it was uh, very uh, revealing and uh, Valtteri himself was uh, a little bit uh, salty about that and frustrated and you can uh, completely uh, understand uh, why. Uh, Anyways, I'm just going to talk about this one here before we go into our last uh, break here on the show tonight. Uh, Max Verstappen wants to have uh, talks about uh, what he calls the FIA's messy uh, policing of uh, the the track limits. Uh, You know, this was a a big topic of a discussion in Bahrain a couple of uh, weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's uh, you know, it has to be that way, and we talked about it at the time that uh, you know track limits—they're either in, in in effect for everyone all weekend long, all all the time. Uh, and uh, you know you just uh, can't kind of uh, police it here and there. You know you you either exceed the track limits at uh, at turn four, turn five, turn nine, whatever it is, at any given track, and there 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 shouldn't be any gray area. It should be completely black and white that you've either exceeded track limits and you've, you're you're going to have your time deleted, or you haven't. Uh, and I mean uh, we saw everybody uh, you know really pushing the limits at that track at turn four in uh, in Bahrain. Uh, Hamilton uh, went uh, really really wide, and you know ironically, that's where Max was able to get around uh, Lewis Hamilton. And of course, when, when you see it and you go back, you look at the video, you look at some of the pictures. I mean, Max, it wasn't just that he had like a half a wheel over the uh, the, the, the white line. I mean, he was what, a car width over uh, exceeding the track limits. And the point is that you're supposed to keep your car between the two uh, white lines on either side of the track. And, uh, you know, it's like I just say, you're either, you know, either within them or you're not, and uh you know max is uh you know completely right in saying that uh that uh, that, that uh, they should be policed and they should be uh you know police consistently and uh, hopefully uh, we'll we'll see some uh, common sense uh, returning in, uh, in, you know, again for this weekend. Anyways, uh, time for a, a final break here on the, uh, on the show. And we're going to come back, got a couple more, uh, stories to talk about, and then we're just going to go over some of the stats, uh, as we count down the minutes to Imola, to the qualifying now, just, uh, five hours away. All right, well, welcome back for the final segment, the last part of the show, Mark Daly here. Yes, it is just me tonight. For those of you just uh, tuning in, uh, Mark and I just couldn't get our schedules uh, to line up, but don't worry, he'll be back uh, to, uh, uh, to to help wrap up uh, all the action from Imola when we do our race uh, recap on uh, Sunday night. Anyways, uh, last couple of stories here. Uh, uh, I was gonna say Fernando Ricardo. Mark, come on, get it to get together. I mean, Danny Ricardo would probably come up and smack me upside of the head for that comment. Anyways, Daniel Ricardo, the McLaren Driver has uh, apologized uh, for a comment uh, that he made uh, earlier this week uh, when he uh, called uh, the, uh, the the Formula One social media team effing idiots. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, take it out of context. You're probably watching or you're know, wondering what uh, Danny Rick is talking about. Anyways, I'll read the entire quote. And uh, he was talking about uh, this came out in an interview with UK Lifestyle magazine Square Mile. And uh, Danny was uh, saying that uh, basically he feels that, uh, that Formula One is putting too many crashes too much uh, footage of crashes in uh, promotional content and uh, he wants them to focus more on other actual highlights instead of uh, situations where people uh, you know uh, could be in serious uh, situations and feel it li- feels like it's being trivialized uh, and, and being uh, used in the wrong way anyways uh, Danny had to say quote I think last year f one put on their social channels like a top ten moments of the year or something and eight of the ten were crashes and I was just like you guys are effing idiots maybe 12 years kids want to see that kind of content and that's cool because they don't know any better but we're not kids just do better guys do better than that end quote so yeah i mean uh, certainly you don't want to see people getting hurt i mean uh, car accidents uh, crashes and things like that i mean it's just I think it's just a human nature just to, to 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 watch that. I mean, I think we were all glued to our TV, wondering what uh, you know, what what happened to Roman Grosjean at, uh, at Bahrain last year when he went through the um, through the Armco barrier and that big fire and everything. I mean, it, it was frightening, and uh, you just want to know one way or another uh, when. The, the the TV footage cuts away and it goes to the safety car and you can see the smoke, you can see the fire, but you have no idea what, what, what's happening. And I think it's just uh, human nature. You want to know, is he okay or is he not okay? Like what, what what's going on here? Uh, but I mean, certainly when it comes to promotional content, I, I agree with Danny Ricardo. I mean, guys, come on, there, there's so many better things that you can focus on. And uh, if if we want to see things like that, I mean, I guess we could go watch a demolition derby or something like that. Anyways, uh, Ricardo had to follow it up uh, by saying, quote, I certainly have got to be better with my choice of words. Uh, I certainly, if I could, uh, take that quote back. It was too aggressive. I should know better as well being in the sport probably as long as I have. And even if I feel at the time it might be out of context, I know that it's going to get pushed, so I should do better with that. I'm not denying I said it, but the tone doesn't always get shown as maybe it was in that moment. And it could be just me as well. Sometimes I get too com- uh, just get too comfortable with whoever's conducting the interview, and I might just take it a little lightly." quotes. Alright, uh, so uh, one last story here. Uh, uh, I was going to say Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> it's starting to get late here, guys. It's after midnight. It's been a busy week. I'm starting to mix up uh, names. Anyways, Lewis Hamilton uh, says that his rivalry with Sebastian Vettel ranks as his favorite from his Formula 1 ca- career so far and uh, he thinks that the the, the the battles that the two of them have had on the track have helped uh, them actually bring them uh, closer together. So this is uh, kind of uh, interesting. Um, uh, Hamilton uh, was asked... Uh, you know, what he, uh, you know, what his favorite uh, rivalry was. And he said, mine and Seb's battle, my favorite up till now, uh, knowing how hard it is uh, to be where we are today, knowing that I was racing against an incredible driver, not only that, but a great man in Seb. He's a four-time world champion. Ultimately, when you're racing against another team at the same time, Ferrari, who were very strong at the time, it took a lot of both of us in that period to, of time to remain focused to, to del- deliver weekend in, weekend out. I think whilst it was a difficult period for us, I think it probably brought us closer as well because the respect that we have between uh, between us i think is huge end quote. Uh, So that's kind of cool. So it was interesting, uh, you know, you look at those uh, two uh, between them, they've won, I think it's 10 out of the last uh, 11 world championships. So there's a lot of trophies for race wins and world championships and podiums uh, up there. It's uh, absolutely incredible what those uh, two guys have uh, accomplished over the last uh, decade or so. Anyways, uh, let's just take a a quick look now here at uh, some of the stats uh, for... Imola at the racetrack it is a 63 lap race with a, a race distance of uh, 309 kilometers uh, the circuit length is uh, 4.91 kilometers the lap record was set last year by Lewis Hamilton at 115.484 and uh, the uh, compounds that uh, Pirelli are bringing this uh, weekend are the C2 hard C3 mediums and the C4 softs I know it's kind of easier I, I guess from uh, from just following on TV all just to have a hard medium and soft uh, but I kind of like the soft and the super soft and the hypersoft. You kind of really got an idea of just the uh, know the you know the the, you know, the, the, the compound uh, that they were uh, using. They've got uh, the different uh, kinds uh, like uh, you know you can see here the C two, C three, and C four. But for me, just the old way they used to do it uh, used to work uh, a little bit uh, easier. So uh, last year, of course, the the race results, uh, the top five. Well, let's just do the top ten was uh, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Danny Ricciardo on the podium. Then you had Danny Kvyat in the AlphaTauri, four. Charles Leclerc 5th, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Gio- Giovinazzi uh, rounding out the uh, the top 10. Uh, Max Verstappen crashing out of that race and uh, George Russell putting it into the wall under the safety car those were some of the you know, the memorable moments uh, from from that race but looking forward to this one and um, as I said uh, earlier in the show that uh, we will get a good idea that uh, you know w- how close uh, Mercedes and Red Bull are uh, between the two of them and I'm really hoping that we can see a repeat of uh, Bahrain a couple of weeks ago I think uh, it was a little bit uh, disappointing that uh, that Max didn't get more time in uh, during free practice but again you know take that with a uh, with a bit of a pinch of salt. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, qualifying when it gets going in a couple of hours from now and ultimately how it uh, shakes out on uh, on Sunday afternoon. And of course, uh, you know, th- this is interesting. I mean, uh, Imola wasn't even on the radar just a-, a year or so ago. I mean, it really came back into the, into, well, I don't want to say the limelight, but it came back onto the Formula One circuit uh, last year after the season had to be uh, retooled and put back together because of, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything that was uh, canceled. And uh, that's why, you know the, um, the 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 lap record uh, Lewis's time was uh, from last year because it was the first time the Formula One went to Imola since uh, two thousand and six. Uh, you know they actually had a really long run. I mean the uh, they had the Italian Grand Prix there in nineteen eighty, and then it was called the San Marino Grand Prix from eighty one to two thousand and six, and then we had uh, basically almost a fifteen year gap uh, in between. But uh, I quite enjoyed it uh, last year. We were really looking forward to going back uh, this year, and uh, really seeing though the way or looking forward to see how it uh, pans out anyways that is it for me uh hopefully uh, the show is uh didn't lack anything too much uh, without uh, mark like i said uh, I-, I miss not having him here tonight but looking forward to, uh, to to hearing his opinions and his takes on things when we come come back on sunday night and if you want to get in touch, easiest ways to do so on Twitter at f one pod or via email at scuderiaf one pod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's a wrap. Enjoy qualifying. Enjoy the race. We'll be back in a couple of days. And until then, that's bye for now.